Vikings positivity, the wild NFC North, two Super Bowl predictions that choose four different teams, my greatest NFL prediction, plus percentages and probabilities. I'm your host, Eric Ritland. This is Midweek Minnesota's Sports Ramble, a production of Eric Ritland Isn't So Bad. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Midweek Minnesota's Music and Sports Rambles. I'm your host, Eric Ritland. I'm a journalist, songwriter, and commentator from the east side of St. Paul. I'm a writer and editor for Music in Minnesota, have released six albums and 80 piece since 2001, and founded blog and podcast Rambling On in 2012. I'm very excited to announce my latest project, Eric Ritland Isn't So Bad. Be happier, get smarter, and discover with the Eric Ritland Isn't So Bad podcast, which debuts on October 7th. Midweek Minnesota is the local portion of Eric Ritland Isn't So Bad, and includes both a music and sports segment. I'm previewing Eric Ritland Isn't So Bad in September by releasing weekly Midweek Minnesota music and sports rambles. My Mike Conan is an author, historian, and professor from Little Falls, Minnesota. His latest book, The Apocalypse of Marlon Brando, Death and Retribution in the Philippine Jungle, is now available from Ex Nihilo Media. Mike has also been an NFL and Vikings analyst for Rambling On since 2012, contributing many articles in addition to serving as podcast co-host. Enjoy this segment with Mike Conan. So for this initial podcast, I wanted to start with something positive, uh, and that would be the Vikings' defense. Are there any holes in the Vikings' defense? Well, on paper, there there really shouldn't be, um, but they didn't look all that all that swift uh, in the uh, the first half of the Seattle game. Well, they're just holding back, so then they can surprise everyone in right. the regular season, right? right? <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's hard, to, you know, it's. Preseason is uh, you really it's it's hard to say how much you can really glean from the preseason. It's it can be deceptive. So the Vikings defense looked pretty good the first couple games. I mean, when when the first team was in there in the first quarter, whatever game three, which is usually the preseason dress rehearsal, they didn't look that good in the first half. And uh, the the person who looked probably the most glaring problem was uh, was the veteran Xavier Rhodes. He he looked. Uh, you know, a step or two slow. The uh, the announcers pointed that out, and they were wondering if he perhaps was hurt. And then, because he was doing, he was allowing the receiver to do things to him that he normally doesn't do. But then, then the announcers uh, astutely pointed out that well, if he is hurt, they wouldn't be playing him in a preseason game. So their fear is that he perhaps has slowed down a bit. Right. So we'll see. Didn't we start seeing that a little bit last year? I him? think we did. You know, he had some injuries and so forth. There was that, and that was kind of the excuse, but. Uh, he's getting up there a bit. I think he's uh, pretty close to 30, if not 30, and that's kind of getting old for a defensive back. Right. Who relies so much on their speed, and, you know, gra- granted, you know, experience and, and so forth play a role too, but uh, I don't it, – it's, it's, it's quite possible some of these injuries that he's had in the last couple of years are going to start to take a toll, and maybe he has slowed down a bit. Right. Fortunately, there's a lot of depth there and throughout the entire defense, really. There is a lot of depth, and um, – I think the defense will be fine. We'll find out. They were ranked uh, four, fourth in the, uh, the the NFL last year, which is not too shabby. Although they right. did not look anywhere near the defense that they were two years ago. The uh, the three and uh, excuse me, the thirteen and three team that went to the NFC Championship game that was that was an extremely dominating defense that year, and they right. do have pretty much the same cast of characters two years later. 
And again, on paper, they should be very good. We'll have to just wait and see what happens, I guess. Yeah. As they say. I think they'll be more like last year than two years ago, but I would definitely predict top five. I, do, yeah, I think that they'll be top five, six, seven, no worse than that. Uh, it's, it's pretty hard to be as dominating as they were two years ago. I think part of that was the fact they lost the starting quarterback and they felt like they really needed to step it up and did step it up for Case Keenum. Yeah. The Vikings weren't scoring uh, too many points with Case. He was a good game manager, as people always like to point out. Didn't give up the ball, didn't make turnovers and so forth. And the defense felt like they had to step it up, and they did. And then last year, they, they didn't quite play as well. And I think, yeah, I think you're right that this year will look more like, will reflect more of last year's uh, defensive team. They'll be good enough. The defense just has to pick up the slack and, you know, carry and, and score some points. Right. As opposed to their performance last year when they, they found it very it was very difficult at times for that offense to score points. Right. Speaking of the offense, we'll start with something positive again. Between receivers and running back, we're doing pretty well as long as Cook stays healthy. But let's talk about the receivers first. Thielen last year started off on that crazy streak. Didn't he have like the first seven or eight games he had over a hundred yards or something, and then he kind yeah. of then he kind of he didn't fall off at the end of the year, but he definitely slowed down. He definitely tailed off a bit. Again, you can blame it on injuries. Uh, a lot of guys are playing hurt by the middle or the end of the season. Yeah, I think that the uh, a lot of these teams, defensive coordinators, they started to kind of get his number, if you know what I mean. Yeah, they started doing more double teaming. Uh, he. He really, uh, for the most part, what happened to him initially is that he was he, he benefited from teams focusing so much on Stephon Diggs. Right. And they gave him a lot of single coverage looks. And then when teams saw that you need to double uh, feeling up as well, uh, then they started. And then Diggs got hurt. Actually, Diggs missed several games. And then, then they came out. And Thielen was the main guy. Yeah. And teams started double teaming him every play. And he found the the going a lot more difficult than than when Stephon Diggs was the main focus. And teams were double teaming him every play. So in yeah. a lot of ways, that's what happened. Is that it was a combination of things that they started. They came to realize that he's a he's a superstar in his own right, just like Diggs. And then Diggs was out for several games. And they could put the focus on Adam Thielen. And a lot of teams really did a number on him. Yeah. Kind of really kind of stuffed him on, on, you know, so many occasions. Yeah, depth is a problem at wide receiver, I think, for sure. Yeah. Because Thielen and Diggs are both elite, but after them it kind of tails off. And then A, if they can figure out how to just cover them, and there's nobody else that can really step step up, then that's right. obviously going to be an issue. And it's going to be an even bigger issue if either of them gets injured. <laughs> right. Speaking of it, right, I'm hoping that uh, Chad Beebe can uh, can kind of move up to the next level. He showed some signs last year. He was mostly part of the practice team. Showed some signs in preseason, and then also showed in that third game. He uh, he, he kind of failed to deliver. He had some opportunities in that third preseason game, the dress rehearsal game, as it were. Yeah, and he uh, he missed a lot of passes, missed a lot of catches, uh, just dropped some balls and so forth. Balls went right through his hands. So. I, I hope he uh, turns out. I mean, his father was an excellent, underrated receiver. Kind yeah. of surprised people. He was much faster than people thought he was going to be. Caught passes in the clutch and so forth. And Chad's kind yeah. of got that that same persona. He's kind of got that same style of play. So we'll see if he can step up to the next level. Right. Was he on all four of the Bills Super Bowl teams? Uh, I think he was, and then he uh, finished his career with the Packers, and I do believe oh, yeah. that he was on that the team that won the 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 '94 team, I believe it was that won the Super Bowl. 
uh, with, yeah. with Favre. Favre. I, I think yep. he was on that team. Nice. So he did play several seasons with uh, with Green Bay then. Huh. That's a lot of Super Bowls for one yeah. game. Five yeah. Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah. And he was always one of these guys who kind of – teams kind of – they didn't uh, they didn't put a lot of focus on him. And he would come out. He would surprise you. He was much faster than, than everybody thought he was going to be. He had really good hands, ran really good routes, got open, that kind of thing. And and his son seems to play, like I said, kind of with that same style as his father. Right. I feel like there's not much to say about Dalvin Cook because if he stays healthy, he's one of the best running backs in the league. But if he stays healthy, is just a huge concern. That that's true. Yeah, he has failed to stay healthy these uh, the first two seasons. And if he does, yeah, if he stays healthy, he is absolutely one of the best uh, backs in the league. Um, he also uh, catches the ball well out of the backfield, and that'll be a plus for a team that's kind of struggling in, in that area in terms of wide receiver depth. Yeah. And uh, if he can come out of the backfield and do that, which he, he can, he did that in college uh, incredibly well, showed that he can do that these first two seasons, the time that he has played, and it's, yeah, he's just got to stay healthy. Yeah. They do have, um, the Vikings have uh, five uh, running backs on their roster, which is four uh, halfbacks and one fullback, which wow. is kind of uh, unheard of in, yeah. in the league nowadays, where uh, running backs are almost kind of an afterthought, especially yeah. fullbacks. A lot of teams don't even have a fullback on the roster. Right. But they have, and, and much less, four halfbacks on the roster. Teams will have, you know, usually three running backs all told on the roster, usually. Right. Maybe a fourth, but the Vikings have five. Well, you know, Zim loves that run first thing. He does. He does. Um the game is definitely changing. I, you know, some, you know, if it's one of those things. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I guess. Right. You know, you can't simplify it any more than that. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping the day never comes in which teams uh, don't run the ball anymore. I'm hoping that they uh, that the running game is always part of the game because right. otherwise it would just get to be ridiculous. And it's kind of gotten that way to a certain extent. All the passing and touchdowns and scoring the way the way it is now. Yeah, you so don't. We'll, we'll see. You don't want it to become arena football. No, you don't. You don't. You don't want games in the you know in the fifties or even sixties and seventies, which you could do. You could get to that point. There are some college games that reach those numbers now. Yeah, the they off- play fifteen minute quarters just like the NFL. So it, it could be done. There's just no defense, and no running, and when you're not running the ball, so often you're not getting the the clock is not being stopped. Um, yeah. The offensive line has seemed to make something of a leap forward. Do you think they've gotten a lot better? Um, again, on paper, they uh, they should be better. We'll we'll see what happens. Um, there was a uh, a ranking that came out. There's so many different groups who rank these offenses. Pro Football Focus. Focus. Yes, they recently uh, put out a, a ranking of all the teams' offense. They rank the offensive lines of all the teams. The Vikings came in 25 out of 32. So. Hmm. That's not saying a whole lot. Right. They still, have to, they still have to prove themselves for yes, sure. Yes, they do. They do have to prove themselves. And a lot of this is based on on, on the, the play performed in the, the preseason and so forth. And nobody was all that impressed with the, the play of the offensive line. You know, these rankings are not just on, you know, names and, you know, who they drafted, who they acquired. It's not ranked on that per se. It's, it's their performance in the preseason and there was no nobody in the offensive line for the Vikings performed all that well including the number one draft pick right um who got a, a pretty low ranking for his performance during the preseason a Garrett Bradbury received yeah. a very low ranking uh for his uh player performance during the preseason games yeah 
I don't think it's quite as much of a question mark as it was last year. I don't think it'll be as bad as it was last year. The question is, will it be a little bit better or will it have taken more of a leap? Yeah, I, I just don't know. Right. It's hard to tell. It's really hard to tell with it. It's Of course, it's hard to tell. It's uh, they, they, they should be a little bit better, but who knows? You never know. Uh, right. The problem with a, guy, a quarterback like Kirk Cousins is that he needs a lot of protection. Case Keenum. Right. It didn't really. I don't think that they had that great of an offensive line two years ago with Case Cam. But the difference is that he was uh, Case Cam was much more mobile, yeah. and he uh, he could make things happen on the run. Kirk Cousins is not that quarter, that kind of quarterback. He's a pocket passer. Yeah, he needs protection. He needs time. He needs time for plays to develop, receivers to get open, and so forth. He's not going to roll right and roll left, and you know, and and ad lib and make things happen. He's not that kind of quarterback. So when you have a quarterback like that. When you're not getting the time, when they're not getting time, when they're not getting protection, it really shows itself in poor quarterback play. Yeah. Speaking of Cousins, do you think he can maybe outperform how he's performed his entire career with the new system that they got and the slightly better offensive line and hopefully a healthy Dalvin Cook? He looked good the first two preseason games. He played, you know, pretty much the first quarter of those first two preseason games, maybe the first drive or two, and he looked good uh, in those first two. Again, the uh, the third preseason game, the dress rehearsal, he played the whole first half. He didn't look that good. The defense didn't look good. The offensive line didn't look that good. So I don't know. Again, I don't know what you can glean from that. Um, so if, if he gets protection, if he gets time and, and he gets the protection that he needs, I think that Kirk Cousins is a very good pocket passer. He's not a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback, but I think he's good enough considering the fact the Vikings have a very good defense and should have a decent running game with Delvin Cook if he stays healthy. But there's always a lot of these ifs and maybes and what ifs and the intangibles. I, I You know, I think that... It's so deceiving nowadays because Kirk Cousins actually put up all pro, quite possibly even Hall of Fame numbers last year. But he was actually, it was actually considered that he had a, understood that he had a, a fairly poor season. Right. Despite those, those decent numbers. Right. So that just shows how, how far the game has gone in that direction in terms of uh, offensive passing output. Exactly. Guys are throwing for 30 touchdowns and, and, and maybe 10 interceptions, and that's a mediocre year now. Right. There was a time when that would have been a, a an exceptional Hall of Fame-type season. No more. In right. fact, a lot of guys from the 70s who ended up in the Hall of Fame, guys like Terry Bradshaw, uh, uh, Bob Greasy, guys like that, Roger Staubach, many times they would have, for example – you know, maybe 17, 18 touchdown passes, 25 interceptions, something like that. Right. That would land them in the Pro Bowl, and yeah. ultimately in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Because that was back in the day when you could maul wide receivers and not get a flag and so and stuff like that. Right. The rules have changed greatly, benefiting the offense, the passing game. That's, by, that's not by accident. That's yeah. by design. Oh, for sure. Yeah. What is your NFC North prediction and your Vikings prediction in general? I think it's... Uh, I think it's really up in the air, the North. I think yeah. between the three, you know, Chicago, Green Bay, and the Vikings. Uh, tonight's game, providing this is going out today. <laughs> right. But anyway, the, thir- the first game of the, of the year on Thursday night uh, will tell a lot. Will tell us a lot about the Packers and the Bears, for that matter, because the Bears went from a 5-11 and to an 11-5 team last year. So we'll, we're going to see if that was a bit of a fluke. And we're right. also going to see how the, the new coach and the new system work out for, for Green Bay and, and Aaron Rodgers. So tonight, the, that game will be very telling. Yeah, don't it's, it's anybody's. It's anybody's uh, division. 
It really uh, is between the th- well, between the three. I think that, don't, yeah, I, don't, I don't think the lions can be included in that conversation. Don't sleep on I, the lions. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Uh, boy, I don't. I mean, if I have to, they have a, really. They, they have a decent roster top to bottom. It's just there's nothing flashy about them. Stafford right. is he's good enough. He's good enough. Oh, he's absolutely good enough. I you know, but but then again, everything is so strange sometimes that they could the Lions could come out of nowhere and be eleven and five and twelve and four, and these things happen. Like I said, the Bears right. went from five and eleven to eleven and five. That exactly. might have been a bit of a fluke. Who knows? They might they might be an eight and eight team this year. It's right. it's really it's really hard to say to make predictions nowadays because it just seems so unpredictable and some divisions are easier than others and i feel like the nfc north this year is just really tough because each team has something going for them but also has weaknesses right like the vikings have their stellar defense but there's so much on the offense that is a question mark that like like what we went over uh the packers are basically aaron Rodgers and company which i mean can get you to the super bowl but who knows how the rest of the team is going to perform then. And like you said, with the new coach and system and everything, the bears are coming off the great season last year, but can Trubisky take the next step forward and can they keep things together in the same way that they did? That's not always a given. And the lions, like I said, they're nothing flashy, but they're not a terrible team by any stretch of the imagination either. So it's, it'll be a fun division to watch. It's going to be. I think that last year uh, the Vikings were because of the previous season and then they acquired Kirk Cousins and people were just simply assuming the Vikings were going to be better than they were the previous year. And most people predicted the Vikings to win that division, maybe even the whole NFC and go to the Super Bowl and so forth. And so I think this year they might benefit a little bit by going by, by kind of going under the radar um, because ever, they were the uh, they were the team to beat last year and right. subsequently only went eight, and seven and one didn't even make the playoffs. Right. What is your big game prediction? My big game prediction? That Super Bowl. Oh, gosh. We don't call it the Super Bowl, remember? Um, we got to at least throw something out there. Then we can take this audio at the end of the season and promote it if we're right and just ignore it if we're wrong. Sure. <laughs> I think that I think New England gets back in there. They're always and, a safe pick. And, I think, and, and New Orleans, I believe. I think New mm-hmm. England and New Orleans. Two new teams. But meet the new team, same as the old team. Well, one with a 41, 42 year old quarterback, and the other one with a what? What told his breeze? Was he 40 yet? Is he 39, 40? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with a pick that I think I've done at least a couple times in the last five years and say Packers Chargers. Okay. We'll see how that goes, though. Well, you came close with the Chargers last year. Yeah. I think you had Chargers uh, Saints last year. I did, and yeah. I think I, I think I had uh, New England and Rams. No, I'm kidding. I didn't. <laughs> I might have had I might have had New England though. I don't remember who I picked. Last. I, I, I might have had the Vikings. Oh gosh. <laughs> For all the bad NFL predictions I've made, I can at least hang my hat on the fact that I was the only sports fan or commentator or anything that predicted that the Super Bowl last year would be low scoring. Everyone said it was going to be super high scoring. I was oh, the yeah. only one who said that it was going to be low scoring. Right. That's right. It was so. very low scoring. So are you ready for percentages and probabilities? You remember, sure. Remember this bit? Yeah. All right. So what is more probable, that controversial Raiders wide receiver Antonio Brown has a successful season despite his off-field, sh- off-field shenanigans, or the Raiders cutting him or trading him due to how much of a nuisance he is? I think that they will cut him or trade him because he's mm-hmm. going to be a nuisance all year round. There's something not quite right with him right now. I'm not sure what it is. 
there's something about a certain strata of wide receiver that just they have that personality. Like obviously Moss had it a little bit. Yes. Not not as bad as Antonio Brown, I feel like, no. but he had it. What are some other ones? Terrell Owens. Beckham, Beckham Jr. Beckham, like yeah. It, yeah, I, there's just right, he's got that. He definitely has that. Whatever it is, he's got that. I don't think he survives the season. Yeah. Sometimes it's quirky and fun. Like I thought it was a little bit with Moss and Owens, and it is with Beckham too. But it just this is just like an annoying annoying attitude with it. Oh, it is. It is. I cannot I can't see a John Gruden dealing with that all year long. Especially if they start losing, which they more than likely will. Right. It's all about Vegas for that Raiders team, though. They're just right. kind of biding their time. All right. I'm, ha- I'm hating. I'm hating that whole idea. Raiders need to be playing in Oakland. Right. They should at least change the name so then maybe there can be an Oakland Raiders team. Right, like they did with the Browns. That's a good point. Right. They should do that. So what is more probable, the Vikings winning the division or missing the playoffs? I think missing the playoffs is more probable. Ooh. Yeah, it kind of goes back to our thoughts about the NFC North. It's just a tough division, and there are question marks on the Vikings to where... I can see them going 9-7, and seven, maybe even 10-6 and six and missing the playoffs. It's yeah. 10-6 ten, ten can usually get you in as a wild card, but it's not guaranteed. There's been a lot of 10-6 and six teams who haven't made the playoffs. I think it's very possible that they go 9-7, and seven and that won't get you in. Right. And that's, that's a halfway decent season, 9-7. and seven. Yeah. It's not bad. You're I don't... If you don't probably not, not going to make the playoffs. Yes, some nine and seven teams do make it in as a wild card. That does happen, but I think it's more likely that they uh, that they go nine and seven and don't make the playoffs as opposed to eleven and five or twelve and four and win the division. Right. All right. That's probabilities now for percentages. What would you say is the percentage chance that Kirk Cousins goes five hundred or better in primetime games this year? He's never won one. Um, but very low. <laughs> you know, um. 15%, 10%, very yeah. low. Maybe not even that. He's not there's no way. He's not going to go 50. He's not going to go 50% in primetime games, yeah. no. I would say between 10 and 20%. Okay. It's one of those things where you have to prove yourself before anyone will b- believe that you can do it. Right. Basically. And I yeah, and I don't believe he's going to he can do it to be honest with you. Yeah, me either. All right, he's not la- a big stage quarterback, which is just not a good thing for a team that really wants to, you know, that that really is kind of in that window right now in terms of you know going to the Super Bowl, we have the veterans in place, the defense, that it's that the time is now and to have a quarterback who's not really a prime time, you know, big game performer is kind of a detriment to right. be honest with you. If I may point out the obvious. Right. So the final one, the percentage chance that Andrew Luck returns to the NFL. I think this is low as well. I, you know, I don't think it's out of the, the realm of possibility, but I think it's 10 to 15% maybe. I think he's done. Yeah, he's just made the decision that the wear and tear on his body just isn't worth it. Yeah, and once yeah he, he is 30, I do believe, right? right? I mean, if he was 25 or even younger, I would say that there might be a possibility that he might take a couple years off and maybe at 27 he might try to come back in the league. But he does this for a year or two. He's going to be 32. You know, granted, quarterbacks play later in life than – the other positions but i think that uh, you know guys who, who do miss some time in the nfl it's very difficult for them to come back you right. don't see that very often if ever guys going leaving for a year or two or whatever a couple years and then coming back you just don't see that true yeah i would say it's a little higher but not much just because once you rest and once you get your body in good shape again maybe there's a chance <laughs> that you'd want to come back but not much higher i feel like you're mostly right yeah like I said, you know, if he was, 
if he was mid twenties, then I would say there there'd be a greater likelihood. But he's thirty, a couple years, you know, thirty two. I don't think he's going to want to get back into this. Right. Thank you for listening to this Sports Ramble segment of Midweek Minnesota. For more of my sports commentary, visit at MN Sports Ramble on Twitter. We have a really fun, engaged audience on there, and I'd love for you to join the discussion. Also, of course, remember to mark your calendars for Monday, October 7th, the launch of the Eric Ritland Isn't So Bad podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.